Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in a series we started just a few weeks ago called Interfacing. Interfacing. And this is uh, an interface... Is, is something that's used to connect things together. And uh, it's a way of connecting things. And part of our mission as believers is to help pre-Christians connect to the kingdom of God. And we said that we do this by, by living, by trying to do the next right thing, and also um, by um, sharing the radical message, the, the good news that we've been given. And so that our, the, the way that we live isn't enough. That sort of is a platform at times to help us speak words. But, but we have to speak the words of the gospel into people. That's how people hear. They, they, that's how they come. They hear um, the good news and then they're, they're drawn into it. And, you know, we, we, the end result we're hoping for is that they'll um, confess with their mouths and believe in their hearts that Jesus is Lord and, and that they'll join um, with us here in, in the kingdom of God. And so, First Peter is where we're sort of founding, using as a foundation the second chapter, the first 12 verses, because I think there's a lot of things in there that apply to being an interface and what that means. And my hope is, uh, like I said, to talk about living um, the way we're supposed to live and also to um, help with words to share um, and, and sort of ways over this series that we can communicate this hope that we have to the world around us. And so we are, we, you'll see that being woven through the whole series, I hope. Um, you know, things that you can talk about to people that will um, help them understand uh, who Jesus is and what he's done and why it's so important. So we'll be trying to pull all that together as well. Last week, we looked at the second verse of the second chapter of 1 Peter. We talked about the importance for believers uh, of reading the Bible and making it sort of a disciplined part of your life and how, you know, we we have a very real enemy that tries to steal that from us. But I I encouraged you, as I often do, let's try and find time for that every day because it's a vital part of the life of a believer. This week, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about, we're going to move into the third verse of 1 Peter chapter 2, and I want to talk a little bit about the Lord being good, about the Lord being good, and, uh, and so that's going to be our, our discussion point for today. Before we do that, this is, um, uh, what rock group has four men that don't sing? Mount Rushmore. I know. I was, I was pretty desperate. I looked for, for, since we're doing Bikers Weekend, I looked for biker jokes, and and I don't recommend you do that. There's not really any appropriate biker jokes on the the internet. Um, So, that's what I got, Mount Rushmore. What are you going to do? Scripture reading. Let's get into that. I'm going to read out of the message paraphrase. It's a Psalm, Psalm 34. I I love the way it was written in 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 the paraphrase. It says this, beginning in verse 1. I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in spreading the news. Together, let's get the word out. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. Look at him. Give him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from him. When I was desperate, I called out and God got me out of a tight spot. God's angels set up a circle of protection around us while we pray. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. Worship God if you want the best. 
Worship opens doors to all his goodness. And blessed be the word of the Lord. I like that psalm, and I think it, it talks uh, in some ways about many of the things that we're talking about in this series, about um, the life we're to live and about um, sharing this uh, incredible message we have. And that's sort of the, the first point um, that I'm going to talk about today. It's about spreading the news. And the psalmist wrote that in verse 3. In First Peter, we also see this same idea uh, about uh, the news that we have to spread is incredibly good news. First Peter 2, 3 is, Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So we have this message we're to share, and we want to we let people know about how good God is. And so as an interface, uh, as a people that, that understand this is our mission, um, we should love to tell people the story of Jesus and, and, and about his love, how amazing he is, how good he is, um, that real and abundant life is found in him, that he wants us to be blessed, he wants us to enjoy life, he wants us to uh, have fun, uh, um, that, that we're to be joy-filled now and forever. But somewhere along the way, We've gotten the idea, I think, that to follow Jesus is to be um, very, very serious and not to have much fun at all. And, and I think this is a perception a lot of people have about Jesus and about the church. And, and I know even in my own life, I used to think that way. Before I came to know Jesus, one of the things that kind of kept me from um, sort of stepping into the kingdom when I was younger, when I was 19, I, I, I was in a situation in, in an accident where um, I was, I went like almost immediately from being sort of agnostic about my beliefs about God to totally believing there was a God. I was, I went from there to there like that, um, and and then had a sweet, sweet brother who um, he was a brother now in Christ. He wasn't at the time, sweet man at the time who who told me all about Jesus and and did a great job of leading me through the scriptures and um, putting me to the point where you know I needed to make a decision. And, and the, the reason I didn't make a decision for Christ back then, that would have been in 1979, was that um, I couldn't see how Christians had any fun. And, and I just said, no, I, I didn't get that part. Um, this was a very kind man and stuff, and, and, but I just couldn't see how, how in the world um, uh, this was going to be any fun at all. And so I, I said no at that point in time. You know, fortunately, it, it God in his goodness gave me opportunities again, and six years later in 85, when the opportunity came around, I jumped on it at that point in time when it was kind of apparent that, that the fun I thought I was having wasn't really that much fun. But the issue was not being able to sort of understand what that looks like and that, that um, the life in the kingdom of God... You know, one of the hallmarks of the early church in the book of Acts was that it was a joyful place. Uh, if you read Acts 2, you'll find out that they were... They were they were joyful. They they were they was a they were having fun together. Um, it was a good thing. They hung out. They fellowship. They they went and got teachings from the from the apostles, and they were out doing the stuff. And and it said they were having fun. And and it was that environment that was this lightning rod for other people to come because the experiences that most people were having weren't fun at all. And in fact, they were burdensome and heavy. And and yet. This, this church was, it was alive and it was vibrant and it was, it was where life was found. These, these people were willing to come in and sort of let go of everything else because they realized there was nothing better that they were going to find. And, and it, they had an idea of, I, I believe, the, the goodness of God. 
and, and what that looked like, and it had been revealed to them in a brand new way. And, and that's part of my second point, is, is this, that, you know, it, the idea is that the Lord is good. That, that when I talk about sharing a message of good news, this is good news. What Jesus has done for us so that we can have a relationship with God is good news, and it should sound like good news. And it should feel like good news when you put it on. And it should, it should experience well. I don't say that meaning that, that we're never going to go through difficult things because it's a fallen world and a broken planet. But, but this whole thing that, that we are encouraging people to get involved with, um, they should look at it and it should feel like there's life in it, like there's something good in it. And, and we have to be careful that it doesn't become something else. The, see, because the, the re- reality is, when you read the New Testament, when you read the Gospels, Jesus liked to have fun. I don't know if you get that when you read the Gospels, but Jesus liked to have fun. Um, he, he went to parties, and in his interactions at those parties are talked about a lot in the Bible. A lot of the things that you read about are Jesus in these parties that he's going to in the, in the New Testament. Four Gospels that record the activities of Jesus, three of them have Jesus at parties within the first two chapters of the Gospels. The only one of the four that doesn't is Matthew, and they introduce that later because Matthew's writing to a tougher crowd. But the other guys introduced the idea of Jesus being in these social gatherings very early on as they begin to introduce who he is to people and, and the way that he operated in the world. And, and so he went to parties and to the people who were observing him, which was everyone, um, it appeared to some of them that he was having such a good time um, at these places that the established religious community um, actually called him a glutton and a drunkard. Do you ever stop and think about that? That Jesus, fully God, fully man, through whom everything was spoken into existence, the established religious community looked at the way that he operated with people and they called him a glutton and a drunkard. Luke 7.34 The Son of Man came eating and drinking and you say, here's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And so it's... That was Jesus. See, Jesus liked to be with people, and he, he enjoyed people. He, he enjoyed the interaction. He in, enjoyed the fellowship. Um, they, were, they were having fun together. It was part of their life. It was, it was the, you know, there was a lot of dif- difficult stuff going on, but there was, there was something that brought great joy into the people that associated with Jesus. And, and yet it was the established religious community that didn't like it. And see, there's something about that that, that sort of happens. Um, the idea of not having fun on, is a, is a, it's a religious thing. And, I, and when I say a religious thing, I don't mean that in a good way. Um, you know, it, it's, um, it's, it wasn't a good thing. And, and you, can, you can see it sort of happening. It even happened um, to the, the disciples of John the Baptist. They quickly got stuck in this sort of religious mindset. Um, and, and, you know, the Pharisees were already there, but, but here, here are these um, disciples that are following John the Baptist, who's a good guy, um, but they've, they've, they've slipped into this mindset too. Look what happens in Mark chapter 2, verse 15 through 18. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, um, and that was a party, dinner party, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him, a bunch of people there at Levi's house. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Why in the world does Jesus hang out with these people? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy you need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. 
And some people came and asked Jesus, How is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? And see, the picture being recorded for us is that the disciples of Jesus are feasting, while the disciples of John the Baptist are fasting. And the difference is so obvious to the people. They, they're looking at these people, and here's these people following Jesus, and they're having a good time, and here are these people that's not, and they're not having such a good time. And it's such an obvious contrast that the people go to Jesus and say, why are these guys like this, and your guys are like this? And Jesus says that the wedding guests don't fast while they're celebrating with the groom. Jesus was with them, and so they were celebrating. He was with them, so they were celebrating. Now, at the heart of the difference, and, and this is, I think, where we, we, can, we, we need to be sure we're getting at. The heart of the difference between the disciples of Jesus and John the Baptist is the way that they were looking at things. John the Baptist now, and his ministry and his mission were just what he was doing, but he stresses the importance of repentance because of the coming judgment and the punishment of God. Jesus' message, which certainly includes the need for repentance, But he also includes the need for rejoicing and celebrating that God was good and was making a way for the lost to be reunited in relationship to him. The kingdom of God was coming, which is good news for everyone who believes. And so Jesus' message was certainly to turn away from the old way of doing things. That's repentance. But then it was to fix your eyes on him and follow him into the eternal kingdom of God where they'll be rejoicing and celebrating. His message was different. It had more to it. It it, it brought life with it. And and see, sometimes the church and and the established religious community today, we sort of get stuck in that John the Baptist message without adding the kingdom of God part, which is the good part. That God has made a way for us to have life now and forever. Certainly we're a mess and we need to repent. There's no doubt about that. But, But that's something that we do so that we can experience life. And, and this needs to be at the heart of, of what we do. The, the church needs to be a joyful thing. Or, or, or what do we have to offer people? Uh, you, people wonder sometimes why we do some of the crazy stuff we do here. Like, why do we, I, have, I have a sign out in the road, I usually tie balloons to it. Why in the world would you do that? You're a church. Because I want people to get that we're celebrating in here. When you walk in, there's always food. Why? Because it's a party. It, it's what it's supposed to be. People should, should come in and, and, and because the world is hard and, and it's tough out there, that when they get in here, there should be a place. It's, it's like a refuge and it's, it's got life in it and there's people here you know, that, are, that are fully into the kingdom and that's cool and there's people here that are trying to figure it out and that's cool and everything in between and we come over what we, we can have in common and we, we have fellowship and we, we have a meal together and we worship God together and we listen to the word together and, and there should be this feeling because Jesus is here that there's life. And it it shouldn't be a, oh, I got to go to church and it's a real somber thing. It just, for us, it shouldn't be that. It should always feel like life at some measure when people come like, hey, because Jesus is with us. See, and and, and that's what the, the the early church had that, filled with the Spirit. You know, we're filled with the Spirit. He's here. And, And the early church was a joyful thing. And it needs to be today a joyful thing. And so the, 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 you know, Peter's, you know, taste and see. That's the third point. Taste and see. This is part of the, the message that we, we extend to people. And, and they will, so, you know, what is the kingdom of God like? If we're an interface between people that aren't in yet and the kingdom, what's the kingdom of God like? Another party parable, Matthew 22, 
verses 1 through 14. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come. They refused. Then he sent some more servants and tell those who have been invited, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and fat and cattle have been butchered. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army, destroyed those murderers, and burned the city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those who I invited did not deserve to come. Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet everyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. When the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there was not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, he asked, how'd you get in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot, throw him outside in the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing teeth for many invited, but few are chosen. It kind of ends a little roughly at the party, but let me explain it and what's going on. See, here's the deal. Um... They established religious community. Those are the ones who were first invited, and they just got too busy for God, and they checked out. And they said, me, and I got this to do, and I got that to do, and they sort of put God off in a place, and, and, and they just kind of refused to come. And anytime God tried to send them, you know, messages to turn, they would kill those messengers. They did it all the way through Christ, all the prophets. They'd just kill them because they didn't want to hear it. But, but there's this banquet that, that we're invited to. And, and the Father has invited us into this banquet, into the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know if you've ever been... Have you ever had someone invite you to a party and that and one of the thoughts you, you sort of have, or maybe you have several thoughts like, you know, I don't know what to wear or, or I don't have anything to wear? I've never had that thought, but I know people that have. Because I, I got shorts and a shirt, I'm ready to go. Um, <laughs> I dress this way for church. I should be able to go pretty much anywhere like this. That's my thought. Um... But sometimes people don't know, or, you know, they don't know what they should bring. Should we take something? Should we not take something? What should we do? Should we, how, what are we supposed to do with that? Or, or, or they're not sure, you know, how, how's this going to be? Is that, how should we, how should, you know, what, what are we, what's expected from us um, in the process? And the good news is this, that Jesus will prepare you for the party. See, that's the, what the cross is all about. Jesus takes away all our sin and mess at the cross. He takes away everything that would keep us from being a part of the kingdom of God party. That's what he does at the cross. And so the kingdom of God then, it's, it's a celebration. It's peace and it's, it's life. It's real, full and abundant life now and forever. And, and we're the ones they sent out and invited in to come. And he, at the street corner, just come on in. Because the Father wants you there. And you're to come to Jesus. And, and as you do, he'll take away your sin. And he'll take away your shame. And he'll, he'll take away your heartache. And he'll take away your pain. And you can celebrate with him now and forever. And see, so that's what we have to offer people. It's taste and see. The Lord is good. He wants you to have full and abundant life. He, he wants you to know you're forgiven. He wants you to know, yeah, you're a mess like everybody else, but if you come to him honestly and repent, which means you sort of change your heart and your mind, and you say, Lord, I want to follow you, and you come to Christ, and then, and then he prepares us, everything that needs for us in the kingdom, we can, we can be prepared by him so that we're fully, uh, have full, absolute joy in the kingdom of God party and celebration. See, that's, that's the message we have. That's, as an interface, that's what we tell people. God is good. He loves you. 
This is a hard world. It's, it's broken out here. But you're not going to find anything better than Jesus anywhere. You, you can ask most of us, we've tried. We've tasted other stuff, and, and, and it wasn't good. It might have been good for a season, but it didn't last. Only this lasts. And that's what we extend to people. And those are some of the ways that we tell them. And that, that's why we do some of the things we do. This should, this should be... My hope is, when you, when you set foot in here, that, that you, you understand that, that it's, it should be fun at some level. That it should be a good thing to come here, to be a part. It should be, it'd be something you look forward to. I, I, don't want, I, some, I, I never want people to go, oh, I have to go to church. I always want it to be this church today. Because I think that's what it's supposed to feel like. Jesus is here with us. He loves us. He wants us to come and hang out together with him. It brings him joy, and he gives us joy. So that's part of this whole process of being an interface. We, we have to know that this good message that we have, this good news is good news. And it brings good life. It, it doesn't mean that you know, everything's always woohoo. It just means there's something in it that's better than anything else. And it starts now, and it goes on forever. And that's the heart of the idea of what this is like. And we, we get to start now with Jesus. Party's on in Christ. And it's a good one. And he wants you there. So, think about that and, and about how that sort of puts things maybe in perspective at some level and what that looks like. But that's enough for today. Uh, if you're watching on video or on television, thank you. Appreciate you doing that. Um, come and see us sometime. We'd love to have you. If you need prayer, go to the website. There's a prayer page. Or you can call us. We'll pray for you. And uh, we'd love to see you sometime. So, See you soon.